I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. Um, always a lot going on with our group. It, it is, Zach, it's, a, uh, it's the Blind Movie Podcast kicks off today. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is exciting. We talked about it uh, before, but it's uh, it's actually going to start today. It's kind of a limited run podcast series that um, we recorded after we all saw the movie. Yeah. And uh, just to get our reactions. Dad was very emotional uh, on the podcast, I know, because uh, I was there for, for part of that. Uh, but it's really important you guys listen to it, uh, rate it, review it, especially on Apple. Because what happens is when you go and listen to it and review it, then that like drives it up so people can uh, pay attention to it and hopefully find out about the movie. Yeah, we got Cy there to lighten up the mood a little bit. Yeah, Cy, some... Cy had quite the look at the uh, premiere. He he, he I think did. he thought we were doing it in Nashville. <laughs> he came in a cowboy hat and sequin. He had like sequin uh like uh, uh, Western wear, Western I mean, jacket. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he was. He had, yeah. he had quite the look. He's kind of I don't a know big that. deal, you know. Oh, he is. Yeah. So, so what is this deal. now? Y'all are talking about a pot? Y'all have a podcast well, about you were on it, Jace. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were actually on the podcast. Well, Jace is so That's busy. Really good feedback, and yeah, I thought you did a great job on it. That you don't Jace remember. Jace is like, oh yeah, I remember. I'm I not sure I did that. a podcast about the blind movie. I'm sitting uh, you, here. You thinking, did. You I did. did it. I was sitting right next Ooh. to you. That's our tagline. Don't be like Jace and forget about the blind podcast. Go watch it on Apple. <laughs> Weston, you know you got a lot of irons in the fire wow. when somebody starts promoting something, and you're like, "Yeah, well, what? What was that?" I, I didn't Jace, you were in the room. You were a big part of the conversation. I um, actually do not remember doing a podcast about the blind movie. Well, it's because you're thinking we were in a different setting. We did it in the in the uh, in the That's what true. do you call it? The duck. That story pond oh, room or those whatever. Couple days, y'all turn that yeah. into a podcast. That's a podcast. Oh, that's what a free free podcast. <laughs> y'all had it. The set design was awesome, and there were oh, it was it was really people neat. People running right. around with cameras, and they were all Big dressed crew. in black, yeah. you know. And I thought, boy, they, uh, I thought it was more. <laughs> a, I thought it was a, some kind of advertising for the movie. I wasn't sure what we were doing. <laughs> Now you know. Go watch it. So, how today. many podcasts are there that came uh, out? We probably got. Well, uh, I think we we got about six. Six. Yeah, that's right. Wow. We did. Well, we we did the one with you and the brothers. The whole family is the first one. We got. Well, then we got, just go go check it out. I can't even remember them all now. You've got. Yeah, be sure. Uh, be sure and rate it uh, and review it. There's a lot of really good behind the scenes stories too. Yeah. So uh, one more thing I want to mention, I got a couple of appearances coming up and then I got to hear about Jason's grocery store story. So Lisa and I are going to be at the Rotary Club prayer breakfast down here in Orange Beach, Alabama. Uh, that's on uh, 927. You can go to the Rotary dot org to find out about tickets. And also we're going to be up in Devons, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, which I love going to blue states to speak because uh, there's so many great people there. They're kind of behind enemy lines. And so I, I love going there. So Friday, 929 is the date. Firstconcern.org is where you go for information. All right. So, Jace, tell us about this grocery store because we were talking about it before we came on air. There's like a there's a psychological thing with me and st- grocery stores. I love them. And I, I think it's because I was so hungry 
See, when word. I was a teenager. Yeah, you word, know. word gets around. Uh, I have an event coming up, but that I had forgotten that I agreed to because I haven't done events this year for the most part, just because of my schedule. But uh, I I'm not going to tell you about it because it's sold out. So I guess that would be bad if I promoted it. But it's in Mississippi yeah, tomorrow night. So I'll tell you how it goes, though. I mean, I'm excited, but it's it's right south of Memphis, uh, Tennessee. So it's right on the Mississippi-Tennessee line. But I had a guy who was coming. He's like, well, let's play golf, you know, when you come. I'm like, no, I'm literally going to show up 10 minutes before and leave five minutes before it's over. So, uh but anyway, I'm, I am excited about that. But what I was going to say about the grocery store, I mean, it's really, this is what happens when you study the word intently. And so we, we're in Luke 12, and this issue came up over, you know, a guy hollers out from the crowd, well, solve this argument over my inheritance. You know, he, want, he wanted his money. Right. And... The next thing you know, Jesus gives this, he just gives a dissertation about how you should view money. You know, he starts talking about everybody's feeding the crows. And I mean, everybody as in the God, the deity is taking care of the crows. They don't have jobs. Look at the lilies of the field. Your very life may be demanded of you that night, you know, and here you are big, uh, building bigger barns and so, you know, it affects you because here's what happens. I'm in the grocery store yesterday because my wife is taking care of our grandkids in Nashville because my son and his wife, they're at, at like a parenting conference. So they asked Missy to, you know, watch the kids for two or three days. So then I then, you know, become the primary helper for me our daughter which we had her on a couple podcasts she's she's doing better i did have to take her to dallas for another procedure i think it was the day after we did the podcast she was like feeling great doing good next day we're off to dallas but uh so but i'm also you know having to be the mom too so i'm going grocery shopping which i like grocery shopping i've told you that before so I'm in the grocery store. I got my buggy. You know, we're smiling, talking to the neighbors. Everything's going good. It's packed because I noticed, because right after church, everybody was getting ready for football season. You know, the NFL kicked off. I mean, there were people yeah. with football jersey. The place was packed. And so I get to the checkout line. You can't put another thing in my buggy. And I'm like next in line. There's a woman with two small kids in front of me. Well, a guy comes up behind me that has two pork roast butts. That's it. He has them in his hand. He doesn't even have a buggy. And so I'm like, well, why don't you go in front of me? Because I'm going to be a while. You know, I'm stacked. And he's like, man, I appreciate it. So then he was giving me his recipe, and he was going to smoke the pork butts. And... Well, the more he was talking, the more I realized that we're not moving. There's a problem with the woman and the two kids. So I kind of look because he, he actually said something. He's like, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get this on the smoker and let, you know, the way this is going. So then I realized this woman is trying to pay for her groceries and her card is not working. 
And so she's kind of red-faced, and I'm like, the woman keeps, the checkout girl is like, well, run it again, run it again. Well, after, you know, four or five times, she's like, look, and it was evident. She, it wasn't like she didn't have the money. You know how you just get the feeling that the way she's carrying herself, she has the money. The card just won't read on the little card thing, you know. And so even the checker is saying, yeah, we always have problems with this card. And Well, then it hit me, all this Bible study. So I fired out a question, which I should have thought about it. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I said, well, how much is it? And so it was an awkward silence. In fact, it was like two, <laughs> two rows over on both sides. Everybody stopped what they were doing. <laughs> and it was all of a sudden, I started getting a little red face. And so the woman with the two kids says, well, that, that's not your concern. And I said, well, I want to make it my concern. In a in a loving way for my fellow neighbor, and so the checkout girl said it's one hundred and fifty nine dollars and seventy five cents, and so I said, "Ooh!" So I looked in my wallet and I said, "You know what? I got it." And so I pulled out one hundred and sixty dollars. Well, the woman with the two kids said, "I can't let you do that." I said, "You obviously have the money." We obviously have a bad credit card machine. I want to do this for you. And she's like, I cannot let you do that. I mean, it's not going to happen. And I said, look, no offense, but this this doesn't involve you at this point. I'm paying the $160. Because then it's like I got backed into a corner. Well, the checkout girl said, well, I'm not sure I can do that. I can, She said, I'm not sure I can authorize that. I was like, well, I don't need your permission or your authorization. <laughs> and I gave a little sermon there. I was like, it's Sunday. People are giving in collection plates. I'm paying for these groceries, and I'm doing it right now. The words of Jesus had gotten to you. Yeah, it got and inspired me. And I said, I'm paying the $160. Here it is. Let's move on. This guy's got two pork butts. That he needs to put in a smoker. Got to get him on the smoker, right? <laughs> so then the checkout girl said, I got to get the manager. Oh, and boy. Thought, gotta get, we don't gotta need the manager. You know, because now <laughs> the, uh, it, that's kind of how it went for a couple of minutes. And then I looked up and the manager has arrived. And, I'm, and she said, what's the problem? And I was like, there is none. I paid for this woman's groceries. Take the money. Let's move on card won't work i said now y'all need a new card uh reader reader I, i'm not paying for that i did say that i sent a little <laughs> message to them <laughs> update the credit card machine so wouldn't you know that the woman takes the woman's credit card the manager and just sends it through one more time and it goes through they handed me my 160 dollars and said no problem and i was like but I really wanted to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what hit did me? Did you pay for the port butts? <laughs> no. Well, I did say to him, I said, no, granted, my selfish ambition, I would have thought I wish his card wouldn't have worked because that probably would have been 30 bucks. That's right. But it did, uh, the spiritual emphasis that hit me 
out of all that. Because I thought I really tried. And I, you know, I think it was a good thing. It didn't work. But it hit me that it's hard to receive grace because, you know, the woman with two children, she's like, I, I felt uncomfortable about you trying to do that. I appreciate it because she she thanked me for trying to do that. She's like, but I wasn't going to allow you to do that. I said, oh, I was going to do it. But it hit me <laughs> in that moment that it's really hard for people to accept grace. It, it's almost impossible. And and that's kind of what, you know, from what we've been studying. Well, some groups are quick to take your money if you offer it. Well, exactly. But she was not one of those people. That's correct. Or some have said, nope. Because it, it makes you look like, oh, she didn't have the money. or And so for us, I think this is really the heart at what we're talking about here. You know, Jesus is talking to people who are putting their confidence in their money and how they look to the world. And so, you know, when he gets to the application, which we'll get to at the end of the chapter, when he's like, well, God is gracious enough to give you his kingdom. You know, that that is the motivation. But we we like our own little kingdoms, you know. We're like, look at what I've created. I've got the money to do this, and I've... Look at the image, which is why he was given the illustration. So it was actually a good personal sermon on receiving God's grace despite us, you know, having things that we are tempted to put our confidence in, like money and image. So that was the story. We had a we had a little Jesus moment in the grocery store on a transaction that never happened. So since we do a podcast, obviously our, our First uh, Amendment rights of, of free speech are very important. And uh, unfortunately, some people have kind of decided that's not a basic right. A lot of the big tech companies uh, have set some dangerous precedents, uh, and it doesn't matter who your politics are, who you voted for, uh, we see this happening. And really, everyone should have the right to express themselves, and so the big tech monopoly has instead opted for silencing tactics and censorship. So one of the ways uh, that we've uh, seen to be able to fight back on this is one of our sponsors, ExpressVPN, and it's a way to not let them control the Internet. So if you ever wonder how they make their all, all their money, these big tech uh, monopolies, it's by tracking your searches, your video history, everything you click on, they're going to build a profile, then they sell off your data. But when you use ExpressVPN, uh, the app on your computer or your phone, the software hides your IP address from third parties. So that's going to make it difficult for them to trace you as well as sell to advertisers. It also encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals as well. Uh, that's why they're rated number one by a lot of people. Uh, Express VPN. So instead of having our rights to free speech revoked, why not revoke their right to your data? Secure your internet with the VPN that I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash unashamed. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash unashamed to get three extra months free with my exclusive link. So where did I go wrong with that, Al? Where where was where was the problem? Well, I mean, 
I don't see a problem. I, I probably wouldn't have, if it had been me, I probably would have had the same instinct. I probably wouldn't have been quite as forceful as you were, but you know, you'd have hated for her to walk away and not have her groceries. Yeah. Just simply I, would, I would say where you went wrong is when you said, how much is it? Cause then what if the number would have came back and you'd be like, Oh, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been awkward. So, <laughs> how much is it? Uh, never mind. I was nervous that I didn't have one hundred and sixty dollars in cash on me, you know, because then I because I thought about it. I thought, yeah. well, if her card don't work, what, what if mine? Don't work? Here's here, a guy, here's a guy who bad. looked like he just, yeah. you know, I bet because it it sounds like your buggy was more than one hundred sixty dollars. Oh, exactly, so. it was. Mine was like one ninety five, but I thought, yeah, here's a guy who looked like he just came off the street, you know, and is using the money he got out of the can to uh, <laughs> to pay for his groceries, and now my card doesn't work, but I I had the money. And I was going to pay for it. And and like I said, what I noticed, though, is what really applied that scripture is I thought she had trouble doing that. She was more embarrassed. It wasn't her fault. It was just, you know, the, she had the yeah. money. Obviously, her card eventually worked. There was money in it. And I, I recognize that because I think when you first hear it, it's like, oh, well, that you know, you're passing on kindness. What is this random acts of kindness that kind of went through our, our culture, which I love, where people are paying it forward and and Well they've even got a ad, a new ad campaign. I think it's Honda uh mo Honda motors or cars, whatever, where they basically go into a grocery store, a veterinarian, and they just pay for people that day and film it. So it's kind of like a but it I mean I, I guess it's real. But so to your point, Jace, it's even a you know, marketing idea, you know, that, Hey, we're going to pay for your groceries. We're going to pay for this, which is a good thing. There was a, a time at uh, Chick-fil-A there. Everybody paid for the person behind them. But now of course you pay at the thing. So you can't do it anymore. But yeah, there's, yeah. that's the idea of that grace. I think is, a, is that, that was your point to that. I think is right. I think it's hard for any of us to accept that, especially in front of other people. You yeah. know, it's just like to be in that that place of need and realize it, but it's you know it's embarrassing. It was embarrassing to her. Yeah, it was. But you know, and part of the reason that I was moved to do it is because you know when you see a young mom with two toddlers hanging on her, you know, her knees and clawing, and you're just yeah. like, I mean, she looked exhausted, and it's like, you know. She needs a break here. Uh, the card won't work. She's been battling these toddlers throughout this grocery store, which was pretty well an epic battle, which every day is when you have two toddlers. I felt like it was the right moment to do something nice in that moment. But, you know, you're right. What I came away thinking is I need to realize in my own life not to put security in the outside world. I mean, there's a, there's a humility that we all have to experience about what God has given us in accepting his grace. That really is the fuel should be the fuel for our grace giving. I mean, that is the fuel. Cause my point is there's a temptation for me in going public with that, you know, for to say, Oh, look, I'm able to do this, you know, cause I've, you know, worked hard or whatever I've come up with in my, in my mind. But 
the bottom line is that would all be untrue. It was just a, it's a, re, it's a reflection on what God has given me. And ultimately it's Jesus on a cross and has nothing to do with money. And, uh, but to be able to, to see those opportunities, I'm saying if yeah. we hadn't have been studying Luke 12 in that moment, I don't think I would have recognized that. I would have just thought, oh, well, that poor woman probably doesn't have the money. You know, I, I wouldn't have looked at it as closely as I did in the moment. So it's a good excuse on why you get into the Word. Yeah, no, I agree. And and this whole section started out with sort of a warning about that. And you used the word security, Jess. That was good. I, I, there was a verse I never read when we were talking about the earlier part of this text in Luke 12, 13 through 21. And it was from Job 31, which I've told y'all before. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because Job is defending his character and his integrity. This is, In other words, he was kind of giving a little speech about this is the kind of guy I try to be. In Job 31, 24, he tells, he tells whoever he was talking to, one of his three friends, if I put my trust in gold and said to pure gold, you are my security, may these sins be judged because I am unfaithful to God. And it was interesting. This is coming from a guy who had lost everything. But in the in the moment, he still realizes that faithfulness really is determined on how you feel about God, not how you feel about your bank account or, in his case, you know, what he had lowing in the background because he lost all of it. So it's the idea about security. Where is your true security where Jesus starts this thing? And, and as Jace pointed out, it was for, for two, you know, a guy that was wanting them to settle a dispute about inheritance is where it starts. But then he expands that from wealth and possessions and gets into the last time we talked about this in 22 through 34, even goes into what you're anxious about. Mm -hmm. So some of the, he starts out with like money, possessions, where you don't want to put your security. And now he says, but why do you worry about anything? Because, you know, God is the ultimate provider. And he talked about the beauty of the flowers of the field and, you know, talks about the clothes you wear, all those different things. They're just basics. And he says, why, why would you even worry about that or be anxious? And so that's what we talked about the last time is what makes people have anxiety and anxiousness uh, about what they worry about, what they fear, and even down to selfishness, as you mentioned earlier. So I think that kind of catches us up to where we are uh, today. Yeah, I had the same thought. And, you know, I thought how profound his illustrations were. You know, here's a guy building, he gives the parable about a guy building bigger barns and he's gloating. You know, he's, I'll say to myself, you know, look at the problems I have. I'm having to build bigger barns to hold all my stuff. Jesus rebukes, you know, he rebukes him. And then he's like, you should be storing up, you know, things towards God, being rich towards God. And we talked about that. So then he told his disciples, you know, so don't worry about your life, what you eat. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Then he's like, consider the ravens, which I, you know, I say we call them crows. But Phil, how many times have we been, because we spent a lot of time in the outdoors. And when you look at how many crows there are, it is unbelievable. It's a lot of... I mean, in fact... You can, there's open season on crows. 
there's no limit. I mean, there's a, you can do it 365 days a year because there are actually so many of them. The government will allow you to shoot as many as you want because they, they're destructive. And uh, I thought, what an illustration when he says, well, who's who's feeding them? And, I mean, there's literally tens of thousands of crows. And, I mean, they don't have jobs. And and they might, what, you know, it, it was a really, for an outdoors person, You when you think about that, oh, yeah, there are literally millions of crows. I don't know how many there are, but there's got to be millions. And then every time you see, uh, I remember one of the episodes we were filming not long ago, I think we were in West Texas, but we were there when all the flowers of the fields were blooming and we were literally going just, you know, West Texas is so vast and we're traveling miles and miles and there were just tens of thousands of acres of flowers, which the camera people were capturing that moment many times because it was aesthetically just unbelievably beautiful but when you notice something like that you're like huh i mean he's saying look at he used the creation itself where here's a guy claiming to be the son of god jesus going to the creation as in saying i'm a part of this you know the john 1 1 and you're like wow then it kind of hits you why why am i worried about my bank account (laughs) Or do you not think that that you're not valued towards God? He, he's not going to let anything happen to you. So it, it's an incredible illustration. And so then he goes all the way down, and he the the two verses I wanted to point out about this grace, kind of what hit me, is in verse thirty-one and thirty-two, where he says, but "Hang on, see- Jace. Right. Before you read that, let's take a break." I remember back, it seemed like yesterday, although it was 37 years ago when Lisa and I had uh, Anna, and she was facing, uh, you know, a long stay in the hospital, uh, being a premature baby. And I think we're like most people. Uh, when a medical need comes up, the last thing we want to worry about is how we're going to pay for it. Uh, we're, we're trying to help get a loved one through a difficult time. And that's where Samaritan Ministries comes in. Uh, I love the name because it's a biblical name. It's a community of Christians paying each other's medical bills. It's not insurance. It's assurance that you're part of a healthcare sharing community where members care for each other spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. So here's how it works. You can join anytime. Your medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they notify fellow members to pray for you first, which is important and send money directly to you for your shareable bills. Your medical bills get paid, and you'll find comfort in prayers and encouragement from fellow members. When another member has a need, you'll do the same for them. So it's not a faceless company, but it's actually an opportunity for ministry. What I also love is that when a medical emergency comes up, you don't have to give a second thought to where the hospital or the ER doc is in network. Samaritan Ministries has no network restrictions, so you have total freedom to choose whatever doctors, hospitals, and treatments are best for you and your family. You also get access to exclusive health resources to help keep medical costs low. Samaritan Ministries is here to help bear each other's burdens 
which is also very biblical. They're focused on ministry and not profit. So join 80,000 Christian households across the nation, sharing 30 million in medical needs every month. Become part of this community today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. Join today. So in 31 and 32, he says, don't worry, and then don't run after those things in verse 30. You know, putting your security and your image or your bank account or whatever. Don't run after it. Don't worry about it. Don't run after it. So then in verse 31, but seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So then he comes up with this radical teaching. You know, sell your possessions, provide purses that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But when you think about what he's given us in the kingdom, what he was introducing, I mean, just think how profound that is. He's giving you a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. Mm-hmm. You go back to Daniel 2, you know, Daniel 7, his predictions. It Eternity, crushes. Eternity's riding on it. Eternity. It crushes all other kingdoms. There's no thieves. There's no clocks. I mean, that's what you're a part of. This is all, a, a you know, anything good, holy, true, all the, the noble things you think about, the joy, the peace, the means to have relationships that are eternal. I mean, it's just so beyond the material, you know, little things that we're involved in. And so, but it, it's done in a way that he said he's given that to you. Not because you deserved it, not because you're worthy of it. And so why are you worried? Why are you worried about these physical things? I mean, it's an incredible sermon. I mean, you're talking about moving and just radical, but just inspirational. And it leads you to trying to pay for somebody else's groceries in a grocery store is what I'm getting at. That, that's what hit me in that moment. I'm like, well, we go, we're worried about what, $160 worth of groceries? You know, I should have just offered to pay for it before she got up there, you know, because I thought what she had been through in this store was a nightmare compared to me coming in saying, oh, yeah, let me buy a few things, you know. No, but you make a good point, Jace, because it's about what you notice. And that's why I think he uses those kind of random things you see every day illustrations in here that you're right, you that you could drive right by and not notice how many you know, crows or ravens there are, how many, you know, flowers there are in the field. And yet the idea is, is that God is the ultimate sustainer. Dad, you were telling a story before we came on air about a woman who was uh, from Japan that had made her way to the States and was searching for God. And I thought about it since you were telling me that story that, you know, Japan I don't know what their what the religious makeup is there, or whatever. But going way back, all the way probably a hundred years ago, it was is you don't think of it as a real godly society. It's much more driven by commerce and you know work and things like that. And so this woman had no 
idea about who God was, but was searching and found him through your writings, somehow got exposed to your books and then comes all the way to West Monroe yesterday and sits there and cries through the whole time you were teaching in the service because you helped her find God. And, and I just thought about just when Jason was just talking about what better kingdom example is there for someone to find true riches to, to leave a situation, leave a country, leave whatever you have to leave to find God. She said, they think in Japan, some people think they are God. She said, yeah. it kind of developed. She said, when uh, they, they bombed Pearl Harbor, she said, they had no reason to do that. But they just, they thought they were God and they made a try at it. And she said it's a lot of grief come out of that. So she said what they what, who they needed was Jesus, but yeah, unfortunately they didn't find him. But she said, but I did. So yeah. she's been on a search for Jesus. So she read all the books I wrote and then the Bible itself, and she had to learn how to speak English. She learned, but uh, she had been on a journey. I mean, a oh, yeah. long journey. So I'll try to I'll try to get her address and give her a few. Yeah, words. I want to. I, I definitely want to follow up with her. And and to me, Jace, that that story, what Dad was just talking about, is kind of the transition to this last section um, of text in here that Jesus takes it to another level because he's talking about where your heart is, your treasure. He he brings it into a spiritual context of kingdom. And then this this next section, he shifts into what's the most important, and that's this idea about being ready yep. for for when he comes back. You know, it's it's like this this whole concept of kingdom living, and and part of that thing, I think, sort of the radical thing you were mentioning was a little bit of a <clears throat> kind of a nod to what they were going to be experiencing in not, in a very short amount of time. They didn't realize it, but he knew when he left and went back to the right hand of the father, I mean, when the kingdom was fully realized by the disciples, it was a lot like what he's describing here. I mean, they kind of pooled their resources. You know, they weren't really worried about money or taking care of each other. They were just getting the gospel out and watching people's lives change. So all that's about this, right? They're on the cusp of this whole situation. And so then he goes into this next phase was like, you got to be ready. You got to be ready for, for my return. So I got some uh, breaking news that I love uh, to share breaking news on the podcast. Our own Jace is going to be the uh, keynote speaker for the Mighty Oaks 13th Annual Warrior Gala in the Woodlands, Texas on October 14th at the beautiful Woodlands Resort. Jace, you're going to fire him up. Look, I feel, to be honest, you know, humbled, inadequate but driven by the spirit to be a part of that. I love what Chad Robichaux and their team are doing for our veterans. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a night of worship with Michael W. Smith. And uh, I don't really do a whole lot of advertising on a lot of things, but you talking about a place to put your money where your mouth is on what I think makes this country great. And it's the Lord's work. I just really am, you know, pleading with people to get involved, give your money, give your support, and 
you know, come join us. It's going to be awesome. So we love uh, those guys. And by purchasing tickets, uh, you're not only obviously going to get to hear Jay speak in the part of a great night, but you're also showing our veterans that they're not alone. And, uh, you know, they battle uh, veteran suicide and so many really important things. So grab your friends, your family and neighbors, uh, anyone with a heart for veterans and head to their website, TX. G-A-L-A, Texas Gala, T-X-G-A-L-A dot com uh, is where you go to get the tickets and all the details about a great evening. And our own Jace will be there to get everybody fired up. T-X-G-A-L-A dot com. Yeah, what's crazy, it's like a prelude to the gospel on what's, what we call the gospel. I mean, God's doing the giving. He's brought the king who's bringing the kingdom but he's doing it in you know in love and he's he's doing it in compassion he's showing that everyone is valuable you know all the way here that he has the power to do this he's healing diseases he's driving out demons he's calming storms and then he comes to just something so practical i mean i don't think i've ever heard a sermon that said, look, the next time you know, the next time you're anxious or you're worried about your money or your job, you know, go count some crows, number one, and go pick some flowers. I mean, that's basically what he said. Yeah. I mean, who, who does this? And that that's my point. I I heard a lesson not too long ago. I forgot who who was talking, but I I wrote this down. But. You know, the difference in Jesus and all other religious leaders, or just leaders in general, you know, when you look at people who are not Jesus, who are leaders, they either have great lives, but not great claims, and, you know, we admire them. I mean, they're just people who do good work. We say, well, that's good, but their claims are not as lofty as Jesus, because here's Jesus making claims like, you know, I'm from heaven. Uh, I'm, I am the resurrection and, and the life. Uh, so when you, when you think of his claims as they're just so amazing that it's hard to get your mind around them or people are, they have great claims because there's a lot of people who are claiming to be God and claiming to be able to do all these miraculous supernatural things. But when they don't have great lives, which all people are sinful, well, we laugh. We say, yeah. So here's Jesus who has not only great a great life. I mean, he was the only perfect adult. But his claims are also great. So that that's why it it's going to go to where it's going to go, where he's so radical that he becomes divisive. You know, when yep. we get to the end of the chapter, it's like people are going to be against each other over me because I'm yep. claiming things. So you think about the people who wrote this Bible, mostly Jewish heritage. You know, they believed in a God where there's only one God. Yeah. And here's Jesus claiming to be God. Well, that that's why they had so, so many problems with it. They're like, well, you're a blasphemer. And they're claiming that he has an evil spirit. And then when you fast forward 2,000 years, the people who wrote these words that we're now reading came from that kind of heritage 
Well, what would have had to happen for them to go against everything their whole nation believed? They they went with Jesus and no, I'm telling you, he was he was the son of God. And so it comes back to that character and his life lining up. Not only was he doing these great supernatural miracles, but it was also these what you know what we're looking at is little moments like this where he's just showing you his character in these types of situations over being anxious or worried or thinking you're something because you have a bunch of money. Uh, and, and the more you stack these things on each other, you just see this kingdom that he's referring to, it's not of the earth. We're, we're, we're not going to be up and down every day depending on you know, what's happened politically, financially, uh, you know, what happened at your job. or it, Those things just seem so small when you start reading reading this. And so really that's what he zeroes in on. What, how do you define real treasure? I mean, that was what he was asking. Yeah. So when yeah. you look at it, you know, first Peter two, we're God's holy nation. We're, uh, you know, we're his treasured possession is what he, what he calls it. So he sends Jesus down here. And that's why I said, it's a prelude to the gospel to live a perfect life. So we should have given him awards. We should have made statues and he winds up dying for all our sins and showing us that you can do everything the exact right way and you'll still die. I mean, the greatest injustice that's ever been. And so that grace is what then pricks our hearts. I mean, that's why it, it there's, there's moving, there's something moving in the gospel that the world can't offer because it's, it's almost unexplainable yep. that this happened. So that's why it gets to the you know the last part of the gospel, which is really we're waiting on Jesus to come back. Well, this is a prelude to that in the next paragraph. Now, verse thirty-two is super powerful to me because it shows us the heart of God. It shows us the intentions of of the Father, and I love this. That, that says, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." So, so. That comforts me to know that that the the Father of heaven and earth, the Creator of the cosmos, you know, we we tend to view Him as so distant. You know, that's one of the things that Paul talked about a lot. I mean, Acts seventeen, he says you shouldn't view God as like far off and and distant and aloof and away, because He's not far from each one of us. You you should view Him as a Father, where His offspring. And I love this that this idea that our heavenly Father takes pleasure. And giving us the kingdom. Like he finds pleasure in that. I want to be on the side of what he finds pleasure in. And to our benefit, he actually finds pleasure in giving us this kingdom that uh, Jace was talking about and that uh, the prophet Daniel talked about when, and, and Daniel 2, the one that can't be shaken nor destroyed, the one that's throughout the entire vein of Jesus's ministry. You know, we talk a whole lot about the gospel, but it wasn't just the gospel he was preaching. It was the gospel and the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom. These two things are, are inseparable, that God's kingdom is here. It's here now. It's not in its full fruition. You know, we're not, we're, we're awaiting a, the, the full fruition of that. We're awaiting the consummation of the kingdom when it's here in its full glory at the second coming. But the kingdom is here. And we're being invited into to live in this new kingdom that transcends our geopolitical spheres. I mean, it, it just does. It's, I mean, look, we we get into politics on here. We have our, we are, 
you know, bona fide conservatives and all that. But that is not our hope is not in right. that. If it was, we would. I mean, we're, we have no hope. Our hope is in a kingdom that can't be just shaken or destroyed. Which that's why I think it's the Father's good pleasure to give it to us because the Father he loves he loves his children, and he wants to give give us something that is sustainable and meaningful. And it just so happens to be the kingdom that he lives in, and that his Son is the King of. I want to mention a couple of verses, Jace, before you read this last section, That because I love what Zach just said, that this idea that this all comes out of how he feels about us. First Peter 5, 7, Peter said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, so this is later in Peter's life. He recognizes you don't have to have anxiety when you know that God cares about you. And then Paul in Philippians 4, 6 said, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition. You appeal to him and he gives you the peace that transcends all understanding. So, you know, the, those ideas about anxiety and which we all have, you know, anxiousness from time to time, but we really realize who God is and how much he cares about us. We don't have to, which is, you know, both those writers points as they go on. All right. So, Jace, read that last well, section. Real, real quick, let, me just, let me add this on. That, though. The reason why we have anxiety, let just think about what the core of anxiety is. It's fear that you're not going to have the the outcome that you expect or want. That's what you're afraid of. You're something's something's going to go wrong and the fear is is that I can't control the situation. I can't yeah. control it. And I think that's what's the so powerful about the kingdom and it's why um, he can say here fear not little flock. And I don't think he's been like in a derogatory way condescending. I think he's just letting you know you're the flock, I'm the shepherd. You know, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God's sovereign. God God can, can sustain us. And when we put ourselves in a posture of submission and trust in him, then we can be released of our anxieties because we, if, if God really is powerful enough and he's good, if he's both those two things, he's powerful, he's all powerful, and he's all good, then he's going to then he's going to have our best interest at heart. And so when we move into moments of, of pain in our life, when we move into moments of, of anxiety, fear, um, something happens in your life, and you just you can't make sense of it. And that happens to everybody, you know, right? You, you, you have to put yourself in that position again just to remember that, man, I'm not sovereign. I don't, I mean, I have such a limited view of, of reality of the world. I occupy a very small percentage of, of geographical space on planet Earth. And I do it in a very small span of time in the grand scheme of all time. Like I'm, I don't, my, 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 my perspective is so small that I have to trust in a sovereign God who is who sees it all, and he and he's in control of it all. And I can lean into that. That's why we. He says his kingdom can't be shaken or destroyed. He knows what he's doing. God's not surprised by outcomes. He's yes, planned all of this, and so we lean into that and we trust in that. And that's when you can start to have a release of your anxiety when you realize that you're not in control anyways, that he is. Yeah, that's good. And I like the fact that it's little. I mean, think about that little flock of 12 um, would, would change the world and, yeah. and and become the core of the kingdom, which is powerful. And died doing it. That's right. And went to their death proclaiming truth, which is really good. All right, Jess, read this text so we'll have it set up for um, the overtime of the next podcast. Yeah, so in 35, he says, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, which he's obviously making a spiritual reference to 
to those two qualities. And, and right. it's really something we're going to talk about because when you talk about or think about those verses that say, you know, I think about Galatians 3 when it says, whoever, uh, we're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, for all of it who have been baptized into Christ have clothed themselves with Jesus. Or you think about Ephesians 6, putting on the full armor of God, you know, the mm -hmm. dress, and keeping your light, your lamps uh, burning, you know. Where do you get your fuel from for being a burning lamp for Jesus. I mean, it, it's it's an incredible illustration, and there's tons of passages that go with that. And it yeah. says, like, men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. And so you see the implications there. I mean, eventually, yeah. we're going to be the bride of Christ. That's part of the, the kingdom it is. So it's an incredible illustration. Because a, a lot of people, when they read this, they're like, well, what's watching What's the big? I mean, that's all he wants me to do is to watch and be ready. Yeah, and it it gets to that moment where you know if you think Jesus could come back this very night, which is was his point in the parable. He he's kind of yeah. going back to that point when the guy said, "Hey, I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to take life easy." Verse nineteen and eat and drink, and be merry. And God said to him, "You fool! This very night your life will be demanded from you." Then he'll get what you have prepared for yourself. So he's kind of going back to that idea. So he's like, be dressed ready for service. Keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them, which is very powerful because it's to showing. Totally upside down. That would never happen yeah. in their culture, but he's giving them a picture of something better. Yeah, exactly. And it made me think about him washing their feet, you know, Yeah, yeah. and, and he came not to be served, but to serve all those, all right. those passages, which is going back to the same principle where we started today. We, we get this from God. His grace enables us to give grace, you know, to other people. Him serving gives us the ability to wrap our head around us serving other people. You know, his love gives us the ability to love others. So then in verse 20, uh, no, 38, 38, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what, what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the son of man will come at the hour at an hour when you do not expect him. And then there's kind of an humorous interlude because Peter says, well, Lord, are you t telling this parable to us or to everyone? Cause remember <laughs> this whole scene is happening where there's thousands of people and they're trampling right. over each other have gathered up, and he had turned to his disciples and started talking, and then there's people hollering out from the crowd. So he was like, whoa, are you talking to us, or is this for everybody? So, so he's kind of going, you got to picture that scene, you're right, Jace, because yeah. like he's he's speaking to the big group, 
Then all of a sudden he turns and speaks to his guys. It's almost like if we were in a setting where we're doing this podcast, then all of a sudden you're texting somebody just on your phone. It's a conversation within a conversation. And that's kind of what's happening. So Peter's like, you talking to me? <laughs> I mean, he's like, he, he's having a hard time. Is this for us? Is this for the whole group? Do well, we need to know yeah. something? And he's like, I want you to be ready. I mean, yeah, it, it it's just, it's hard for the disciples. I mean, in this, when you're looking at these passages in this much detail, you kind of feel for the disciples here. Because they're like, it's easy for us because we know what's fixed to happen. He's going to die. He's going to be buried. He's going to be resurrected. They're going to turn back, then come back. Then the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. They're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're finally going to get it and mature and then go out there like, Looking like sheep, but functioning like warriors who are ready for any moment for Jesus to come back. And they're all going to lose their life. They're going to lose all their possessions. They're going to be mocked. They're going to be ridiculed. So this is so important for him to be saying to them in this moment early on in their faith, because they're going to live out to the exact measure of what he's talking about here. It's going to become a complete spirit-driven venture and movement as being a part of the kingdom of God on earth. And unfortunately, for the, on the physical side, yeah, they're going to be martyred and they're going to be persecuted, but it's, it's the same reflection of what Jesus did. Yeah, he, He's going to show you the model. That's why it's not up to us to gripe and complain or to be anxious or nervous or worry about the things that happen in this life because the best of us, Jesus, didn't get rewarded in this life in a in a material way. Right. That's why I love when we study the Gospels, to, you get to see the hearts of these guys. And then you go and you read their later letters like we did with Peter earlier when he realizes at the end of his life, we get to see the span of the old man's life. If, if somebody could do that with us, where they could have been right there with us at the beginning and then at the end, they would have been able to write the same thing. So we're out of time. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more in overtime as well as our next podcast on Unashamed. It's blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you go to uh, to find our, un- our overtime uh, segments as well as everything else uh, on Blaze. Check it out. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.